I'll try and wrap this thing up. <laughs> Not that it needs wrapping. There's a few things I want to say tonight to set off the rest of the weekend. And I do believe, I will say again, this is weekend is for you personally, for us corporately. Matthew chapter 25, there's a parable that I have gotten so much meat from. It's, it's amazing how much you can get from something you've read a hundred times. And it just brings more and more. I'm going to read a little bit of Matthew 25, then we'll go over to Luke 19. It's the parable of the talents, found in both Gospels, slightly different versions, but ultimately historians or whatever, Bible people, scholars agree it's referring to the same parable. It's written down differently. You ever played telephone? <clears throat> it says that, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story, this is Matthew 25, verse 14, of a man going on a long trip. <clears throat> so he called together his servants, and he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities. He then left on his trip. Now turn with me to Luke chapter 19. It begins in verse 12. It says that a, a nobleman was called away to a distant empire to be crowned king and then return. Jesus is going to return. He will return when we don't expect him to, but he will return. And when he returns, every knee will bow. Whether they want to or don't want to, they will bow in Jesus' name. Because he is the king of glory. Before he left, he called together ten of his servants, and he divided among them ten pounds of silver, saying, Invest this for me while I am gone. But his people hated him, and they sent a delegation after him to say, We do not want him to be our king. See, the world, the worldly spirit, does not want Jesus to return. The devil does not want him to return. They hate the Lord. Anybody not born again under the control of the enemy is actually terrified of the return of Christ. But to those of us that are born again, we look expectantly with joy to the return of Christ because we know that we're a part of the celebration. Amen. It says that when he was crowned king, he returned and he called in the servants to whom he had given the money and he wanted to find out what their profits were. The first servant reported, Master, I invested your money and I made ten times the original amount. Well done, the king exclaimed. You are a good servant. You have been faithful with the little I entrusted to you. So you will be the governor of ten cities as your reward. Say ten cities. ten cities. The next servant reported, Master, I have invested your money and I've made five times the original amount. Well, well done, the king said. You'll be governor over five cities. But the third servant brought back only the original amount of money and said, Master, I hid your money and I kept it safe. I was afraid... Because you're a hard man to deal with, taking what isn't yours and harvesting crops that you didn't plant. You wicked servant, the king roared. Your own words condemn you. If you knew that I'm a hard man who takes what isn't mine and harvests crops I didn't plant, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then turning to the others standing nearby, the king ordered, Take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has ten pounds. But master, they said he already has ten pounds. Yes, the Lord replied, and to those who use well what they are given, 
even more will be given. This should encourage anybody in here that's living a godly life. Amen. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Started in Matthew because when you read that, it says that he divided it according to their abilities. Multiplication is a kingdom principle. Every aspect of the kingdom is meant to multiply. One believer is supposed to produce many believers. Amen. Amen. One church is supposed to multiply to many churches. Amen. One prophet begets many prophets, hence the school of prophets in the Old Testament. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of multiplication, not of division or subtraction. God is always on the advance and never on the retreat. If you believe it, say, that's my God. God is always moving ahead. The question is whether or not you're moving ahead with him. Are you on the train with the Holy Ghost or do you fall off the track somewhere? Now, according to their ability, I have had times in my life that I have definitely stagnated. Anybody ever felt that before? I mean, you've been through a season right now after just paying off the debt and 20, what, whatever, a year and a half ago, two years, whatever. And I kind of went through that, what I felt was stagnant because I'm like, what am I going for now? What are we doing? You know, the building on Sundays is relatively full. It's hard to multiply. It's hard to grow. It's hard to, you know, parking, everything. I'm frustrated. I need this. I need that. You kind of go through that. Anybody ever been through that season? The Lord began to deal with me on that. To say that when you find yourself in a season, this is for somebody here, where you're not multiplying, it's gone stagnant. The, the scripture says that the abilities are distributed, accord, well, the, 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 the talents are distributed according to your abilities. It's just a thing where you find yourself that if it's, if it's stagnating, if you don't have, if it's not firing, it's not that you are less it's not that there's something wrong. It's that there's something else. I'm not saying I'm leaving. I'm saying that there's something else that you now are going to pick up in your life that God's going to breathe upon to add that multiplication back. Because there's a degree of where your ability trumps out and other people got to come in to multiply things you're involved in, but there's always multiplication available to a believer. You ever find yourself at that place, don't be discouraged, don't feel upset. Just realize God has something else for me right now that's going to break into multiplication. Amen. That's why be encouraged if you're a believer and you ever have doors shut on you in your career, things like that. It does not mean you're defeat. It does not mean you're going under. It just means that God has something else for you. And God is going to multiply you when you find the place that your abilities are meant to be. Amen. See, human nature is to change geographical locations. People move here, people move there. It's not about finding another city. It's about finding the thing that God has ordained for you to walk in. You have abilities. There's not a person in this room that God has ever made that he didn't give you abilities that can multiply something. Stop feeling sorry for yourself and stop thinking other people are greater than you. They've just found where their abilities multiply and you're still looking for it. Amen. May the, may the Lord give you clarity and may you find things that multiply, especially those that are retired. Just because you've retired from a career does not mean that it's over with. God can take a retiree and do more in two years than you did in your entire career combined. Because he's a God of multiplication. If you believe it, say amen to that. God wants to use you in this final hour. If the Lord tarries, if he comes back in this life, whatever God comes... Be at the plow with your hand to something that God is causing to prosper. 
The greatest joy you have in your life is based upon producing something. Amen? You'll never feel fulfillment. You'll never feel joy if you're stagnant and you're not producing. I don't care. You can have a thousand hands laid upon you. You can try and go ha, 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 he, 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 ho, ho, ho. A hundred times. But deep in you, there's a frustration because you're made to produce. I'm, pre I'm, I'm speaking to someone tonight. You're meant to produce something. God made you special. God made you unique. There is not another one of you. And the things that God wants to multiply through you, He does not multiply for another person. He multiplies it for you because it's been distributed for you. Somebody shout, Amen. Amen. It's for me. God has something for me. If you believe it, say Amen. Man, whatever it is, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be fulfilling. It's going to give you joy. It's going to give you breakthrough. It's going to be a sign and a wonder. The best is yet to come. The best is yet to come. But key note, you got to put your hand to something. Because even something times a big number, or nothing times a big number is still nothing. Doesn't matter how much God tries to multiply your zero, it's still zero. Do something for God. Find that. And then flipping over to 19, I read that because... <clears throat> Finding your ability is important. That has to do with this side of eternity. You're on planet Earth for a purpose. Amen. And as long as there's breath in your lungs and blood flowing through your veins, understand God's not done with you yet. Yes. Come on, somebody. Amen. It's like when Lester Summerall wrote Goodbye World, he looked at the people once he finished the book and said, I'm leaving. He died a couple weeks later. He knew he had completed his task. Paul wrote and said, I have poured out my life like a drink offering. He knew he had completed his task. You're still here. If, you, if you're here, there's still something for you to do. Amen. You'll know when it's time. The veil will begin to lift. You'll start to know. I met a man in his 40s that he walked away from his career as a financial advisor. He started winning souls every day of his life. He was like, I can't shake it. He said, I follow ambulances down, and, I, and, and when they stop, I get out, and I pray for the person. They have to kick me out of hospitals. He says, I, I feel an urgency in my life to win souls. He told me that Sunday morning, Sunday night, he was dead. Teenager ran a red light when he was headed back to the night service and plowed into his car and took his life, cut it short in the 40s. But his wife sat there crying, saying, but look at the fruit my husband produced. Before he passed away, the last six months, he walked away from his career and did nothing but win souls every day of his life and heap up for himself treasure on the other side. God was faithful to that man. Come on, somebody. God knew you've amassed fortune here, but I want you to have a reward when you get to the other side. And Luke talks about that. What does it mean that the, 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 the king returns? When the king returns, that's eternity, folks. When Jesus comes, guess what? We don't care who the president of the United States is. And there will never be another election again. Because you will be ingratiated in a kingdom whose ruler will never be up for re-election. Come on. You will be with an eternal king. When he returns, there is a reward for those of us that have been faithful. When he says, I'm going to take from... And I'm going to give you 10 cities. He's talking about an eternal reward. That's what I felt to get to tonight. The eternal reward of God.
I don't care if you live 100 years or 10 years. Do something for eternity. Because this life is but a blip and it's gone. And only that which you do for eternity will last. How do I do something for God that lasts forever? Man, moments like these revival meetings, that's where you press into God and you say, Father, write on my heart eternity. Let me carry eternity with me every step of my life. When I speak, let eternity hang on my words. As a preacher, you better press in for that. Let me carry the presence of eternity so that when I give an altar call, it's like there's a pull. There's a vacuum from the other side to pull people in because God is in the business of getting people saved because he came for that one purpose. He didn't come to build kingdoms. He didn't come to, to build castles. He didn't come to build buildings. He wasn't concerned about that. He said, go into all the world and you preach the gospel. You go out there and you make disciples. You go out there and you tell people about me. You multiply my kingdom in that aspect and there will be a reward when you get to the other side. We live our whole lives on this earth trying to amass things. And I don't care. I believe in the blessing of the Lord. You can mock me all you want, but I can promise you this. You haven't seen the half of what God's going to do for me. I'm just getting started. It is just the beginning. Come on, somebody. The day will come that in this side of eternity, so much will be in my life. I will lay up an inheritance for my children's children. They will talk of the presence and the covenant that their grandfather had with God. Mark it down, baby. It's going to be written in my will. Honor the Lord thy God, for it is he that has given you the power to create wealth. To establish his covenant. Come on, somebody. God will bless your socks off. That's according to the abilities he's given you this side of eternity. That's where the multiplication is. You will multiply here on earth. Come on, somebody. Here on earth, you're going to multiply. But everything you multiply here through the presence of God heaps up for you on the other side. A treasure where thieves cannot break in. Moths can't destroy. Nothing can steal from it. And it will never lose its luster. There will be people that get to eternity that their mansions will be a lot smaller than other people's mansions. You can't read the Bible and escape the fact that God gives rewards based upon what you do here on earth. And a lot of people want to excuse that and think that we all get the same thing. No, the Bible actually talks about crowns. The soul winner's crown. You don't get the soul winner's crown if you ain't a soul winner. Come on, somebody. Talks about the martyr's crown. That's where you gave your life for the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word talks about at the end of it all, when you stand before the Lord, that the elders will gather around and cast their crowns before the king. I don't know about you, but I know this. When I got saved and I met Jesus, when I saw him face to face, he showed up in my life. I looked in the eyes of God. And I expected anger, upsetness, and he was looking at me like he was proud of me, and every wall within me broke. I mean, it shattered every wall around my heart. And in that moment, I knew, whatever I do on earth, I want to do something for that man. That man is everything. I want to make him proud. I want to make his name famous. I want people, when they think of me, to think of that man. 
Because if it wasn't for that man, I wouldn't be alive anyways. Are you with me? I want my life to be so entwined with Jesus Christ that everywhere I go, people think about the Lord. I want to heap up something for God. I want to do something that lasts. I buried friends, 17 years old, 16 years old, car accidents. It happens every day. People cross out of eternity. Let me tell you, you are not promised tomorrow, church. You're not promised tomorrow. And there's too many people in the church that live their life like they got a hundred years to decide to do something for God. You're not promised tomorrow. Make the most of today. Redeem today while there is still a day to redeem. Do everything you get. Work while it is still light, the Bible says. And redeem the times. This is an hour for the church to stop playing games and realize if you want to go to war, devil, you're going to come to war and you're going to find an army that is well ready for the fight. We will preach the gospel. We are not ashamed of what Christ has done in us. We will shout his name on buses. We will shout his name from rooftops. We'll post him on social media. We'll send him out in email form. We'll call up televans or, or, or telemarketers when they call us. Excuse me, sir. I've been trying to reach you to extend your car warranty. So glad you did because I want to extend your warranty for life. Come on, somebody. Living for eternity. Everything you amass here on this planet, if you don't put it into the kingdom of God, it really meant nothing. When it all boils down, it means nothing. It's monopoly money. You can throw it away. But that which you do for eternity, whether you live to be 120, whether you don't even make it to the end of 2023, I mean, look around. Nobody is promised tomorrow. Like the man that I met in Texas that didn't even make it back to the night service. One day this whole thing will come to an end. One day you'll be here and then you'll be there. You'll be standing in front of the Lord. And everything in your life will be tried by the fire. Everything. Every word you've uttered, every action you've done, everything you've ever given your money to. He has taken note of everything. He doesn't just take note of what you gave. He takes note of the attitude of which you gave it. Everything is written down in heaven. Nothing escapes the eyes of the Lord. You are living for Him. And realize this life here on earth, this blink of a life, is where you get the opportunity to do something that lays up treasure on the other side. And I've noticed and I've seen it. I said this a little while ago in church. I've watched people, now I've served the Lord long enough, and I've watched people that don't really serve the Lord, and when they get older and they're about to cross over, there's a fear, there's an anxiety to their life. And we look at it in the world, even wealthy people in the world that don't serve the Lord, what do they start looking for? They start looking for legacy. What, what stadium can I build and I can put my name on it? What library could I give to the community so that my name would be written down? But if people look at it and people don't even know who you were. Even though your name's written on the building, one day that will fade away and the building will fall. But that which you lay up for heaven, 
Those that, are, that grab a hold of this, yes, I'm believing for great things this side of eternity. Yes, I'm pressing in for multiplication. Yes, I will squeeze every drop of the blessing I can from God because I have a purpose for it. That is just give it right back into the kingdom of God to advance violently in this hour everything God wants to do. I want to see the churches explode. When I say churches, I'm talking about churches that don't compromise. I want to see the churches with the presence of God in them exploding in this hour. I want to carry that with me. God has a reward for those of you that live for eternity. An eternal reward. Well, that which you do here on this earth will determine what you have on the other side. So make up your mind. Are you going to live your whole life afraid of people here on earth? Afraid of what they might think of you? Oh, they might laugh at me if I tell them about Jesus. Who cares? Right? Because one day they're going to either, they're going to stand there. And they're going to realize you were telling them the truth. God wants to bless you. I believe that. But I believe if you want to really carry the blessing right, and I'm saying this with all kindness within me, I've watched people destroy their lives. Because the moment they grab a hold of godly principles, God prospers them and they drift from God. I've sat with business people that promise to give the kingdom of God everything and they never give it a dime. I've watched their lives cut short. I've watched everything unravel. I've watched their marriages fall apart. I've watched money destroy people. Why do you think Jesus spent so much of his life talking about the things of this world, the wealth of this world? Why do you think most of his parables, he was dealing with these things and constantly putting it before people because he understood this is what will destroy you. I want to bless you. Are you with me right now? Amen. He wants to bless you. He wants to pour it out. There is a mandate from God to multiply this side of eternity and lay up for the other side. But it's the grace of God that holds back that outpouring. As he says, I will open the windows of heaven and I will pour out a blessing. There is not room enough to receive. He wants to give more than you can receive. And what he's waiting for is not for another bank account, not for another business. He's waiting for your heart to get set ablaze for the things that matter most. Amen. He's wanting you to get it within your spirit, man, that everything you give to me, God, it is you that has given it to me. And you can ask anything from me at any time. And if you are that person, watch what God will funnel through your hands. God will hold nothing back for a person that makes his business their business. God's business is souls. Come on, somebody. Before there was ever an American dollar, God was in the business of winning the loss. Before there ever was a euro, before there ever was a yen, God was in the business of planning the strategy for the salvation of mankind. Nothing in this world impresses God except that which you do for him. That's why it says that it's impossible to please God without faith. Faith that changes this world. I'm going to close with this tonight. Every head bowed and every eye closed in this place. If I could get Lolo just softly playing on the keys. I don't know who you are and I, I don't recognize every face in here. And We've had some people leave this evening because it went past 10 p.m. They had to catch their pumpkin to get home. Really, we, we should thank them next time we see them because it would have been you know, a horrible sight to see them when all the magic wore off. <laughs> Ten, 
When I was in the world, 10 p.m. is when you start at the party. And people get saved, and they're like, oh, my God, it's 10 o'clock. we got to get home and watch Matlock. Matlock just dated me, didn't it? <laughs> Ain't nobody 